0: Zerber, Ber, Garbar, Gar, Welcome to AT Banter, the podcast where we discuss anything and everything regarding the world of assistive technology. With our hosts, Steve Barkley, Rob Minot, and Ryan Fleury. Now, let's banter.
1: Hey! Hey! Did, did you hit, hit record? <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. And welcome to yet another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Coming at you from a secret, undisclosed location. Our s- new,
0: our new comfy underground lair. <laughs> That's right.
2: That's one <laughs> way to look at it. Although I forgot to give Rob the longer mic cable because you wanted to sit on the couch today. I did. I was a <laughs> l- I'm a little disappointed.
1: I can kind of, but eh, that's fine. Oh, well. I, I don't I want to look unprofessional while you guys look all <laughs> professional here <laughs> at the table. <laughs> uh, hey, so I am Rob Minot, and with me today is Steve Barkley. Good afternoon. He's back. He is back. And Ryan Flurry, of course. Hello. See, this screwed me up because we're sitting in the wrong order. <laughs> generally, I do the intros and it's Ryan and then Steve, but That's now
0: true. we're well, mixing it up. I'm all discombobulated. So, Ryan, I see you've got a no shoes, no shirt, no problem uh, sign up on the wall here. Oh, is there? Yeah. Uh, does that go for podcasts, too? Can I take oh, my shirt off? Absolutely. All right.
1: <laughs> Make it podcast.
2: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I'm running out of wall space for pictures. I got
1: more pictures I want to put up. But. Yeah, we're gonna have to work on this. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be the new studio. Uh, well, so um, how have you guys been this week? I've been good. Oh
0: well, you know, just sort of carrying on, carrying on.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm finally feeling human again. That virus that's going around—that was—it <laughs> was pretty brutal. That oh, yes. really knocked me out for a week.
0: Yep, it was nasty. And has it come back on you yet? Because no, it's, uh, no. Is that supposed to? I oh hope. God! I hope it not. came <laughs> back on me three times. <laughs> oh,
1: I really hope not because I I got everything. Like it was, it was the weirdest thing. I got a, I got fever and then I got a head cold and then I got the stomach flu and then I went back to fever. It was, it was the most bonkers virus I've ever had.
0: And it's all over Vancouver. Hmm. It's just crazy. Actually, it was in Toronto too, because I know a lot of our staff out there had it too.
1: I'm telling you, it's the age of superbugs. We need mm-hmm. to stop using uh, antibacterial hand soaps soap. and yeah
0: yeah, it's time to get back out in the garden and eat dirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, willingly. On purpose, yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. want people to like, force me to eat dirt. Like, like we did when we were kids. Yeah, we don't Absolutely.
1: advocate that yeah. here yeah. at the yeah. podcast. No bullying. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: Darn it. You're just upset about the last time, aren't you?
1: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Scarred. <laughs> well, hey, so listen, what are we doing today, you may be asking.
0: And and they may. Uh, we wouldn't know because we're recording and they're out there listening after the fact. But, you know, you, you could say that.
1: You could. We, well, today, uh, as you can probably tell, we had, we don't have a guest. We're just doing another one of our guerrilla-style podcasts. That and is what true. And what we thought we would do today is talk a little bit about CSUN and some of the things that were featured at CSUN. Now, for people who don't really know what CSUN is, CSUN is an annual... What would, I don't know, what, what would you call it? Uh, uh,
0: it's, it's an annual assistive technology conference. It's uh, California State University, Northridge, puts it on. It is, I think, by far and away, the biggest North American um, AT conference. Mm-hmm. And they have uh, companies from all over the world who come there to uh, display their wares, as well as a lot of the big players like the Microsofts of the world. Uh, who come in to showcase uh, the accessibility efforts that they've got underway? So it's a it's a big uh, a big party for eighteen nerds.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it, and that was and this took place. La- was it last week? I think it was a week and a half. Two weeks ago now. Two weeks ago. Okay. So we're a little behind, but yeah. but we thought we would uh, take some of the the sort of the top stories. Uh, from the conference and talk a little bit about them talk a little bit about some of the new products that were um, unveiled at at CSUN and then I thought we'd go for lunch
0: good idea I like the lunch idea All Excellent. Right. Yeah. so let's get started Alrighty, So what do you want to talk about first? Should we talk about this plethora of note takers <laughs> that has suddenly hit the market? Yeah, I think we should, because this is weird. It is weird. You know, I, I think on this podcast, not too long ago, I think I said that, you know, I really thought note takers were on their last gasp and, and nobody was going to be buying note takers anymore. They would just, you know, pair a Braille display to a device. And, wow, was I ever wrong (laughs) in a way that uh, I was also wrong about the Trump election. I mean, my my credibility is just taking a beating here.
1: Well, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I mean— No, no, Trump was elected. damn it. That's right. I thought that was all a fever dream from my sickness last week. No, I'm afraid not. No, but I mean, you know, it was obviously, you know, there are manufacturers out there that are, that are manufacturing these, these things, but I don't know. Is there a consumer need for them? Is there a consumer demand? I, I, are, are these guys just being optimistic? Well, I
2: think the key word there is consumer. Me as a consumer, I don't have $5,000 for a dedicated note taker. So I still think they're leaning more towards the state agencies, the education fields, Um, They're not for the end consumer.
0: And I I wonder, you know, I don't know the state agencies in the U.S., but, um, you know, certainly here in Canada, the only place that we're seeing note takers being sold is in education. Mm -hmm. Um, Outside of education, there's virtually nobody buying dedicated note takers. They're all getting displays and then they're just pairing them to something. Yeah. And when you look at the price of these things and the specs of these things, particularly if you look at the, the windows note takers, why on earth would you spend that kind of money on a dedicated device, which is going to be obsolete in, you know, five years, if, if not sooner yeah. when you could for the same money go out and buy the hottest <laughs> laptop or, or, um, you know, uh, sub notebook on the market and pair it to a Braille display. I, I just don't get it.
2: Yeah, and even if you were to buy a really decent laptop and a Braille display, you're still coming under the price of a dedicated note-taker.
0: Yeah, even even wi- even if you factor in the cost of putting on a top-end uh, screen reader like JAWS. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, from these notes, I mean, it there's there's no less than three new note-takers that were unveiled. You've got one from HandyTech, uh one from freedom scientific yep and
2: one from hymns
0: and one from
1: Hims.
2: and the neo braille so uh, there's like there's four there
0: yeah the the handytech one really is more of a uh, bluetooth braille display though isn't it it's 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 got some note taking capability so. but it's it's more it's more a pairable type device mm-hmm. which makes sense to me um but uh but yeah the 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 neo braille the uh, the l braille um, which one am I missing? The yeah, oh, the blind Polaris tab. from Hims. Oh, oh right, the Polaris. Yeah. So.
1: Now, do you guys think that uh, this is just a reaction from them looking, say, over to, to say, humanware and what they've been doing with the Braille No Touch, and this is just a, a a reaction on their part where they're like, "Well, we need, obviously, we need a uh, you know a competing device."
0: Well, I think there's two things at play, and I think that's one of them. Uh, You know, HumanWare, when they came out with the Braille Note Touch, I think surprised um, the market, first off, that they were coming out with a a dedicated Android device uh, with, you know, the Braille integrated. Um, And I think the reaction in particular from education was very positive to it. Because in education, they want a device which is going to integrate with um, school systems, and there's in an incredible move to Google platforms in in education right now. They also want a self-contained device and they want something that will have support for things like math. Mm-hmm. And that's something that humanware has been traditionally very good at over the years and and they've you know shown a commitment to expanding that on the Braille note touch. So I think when they, kind of took that market by storm um, everybody sort of woke up and said hey we need to we need to be a player in this in this area too but I think it's only going to work if they show that same level of commitment to um, you know google accessibility as well as the the things that are that are hot button issues in the braille community such as math support so we'll see we'll see if those guys follow through on that now the other part of it, I think is driven by the European market. because in the European market, there's a lot more money out there for, uh, for assistive technology in general, and they're willing to pay higher ticket uh, prices, uh, both for braille displays as well as dedicated note takers. So we're seeing some European products that are coming into the North American market now um, that you know maybe we might not have seen before, but uh, you know I, I believe the, uh, the L Braille, that's a European product, isn't it, Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's being distributed exclusively by Freedom Scientific. So Freedom hasn't gone out and, and built one, they've just licensed one from from another manufacturer.
2: And the advantage to that L braille, and I think they have worked with Freedom Scientific because their focus braille displays will actually dock, connect to it. So it's kind of a, a slick way of integrating your braille display with a Windows ten note taker.
0: Right. But again, you know, we get back to that same argument. Do you really want to mm-hmm. limit yourself on your Windows machine to a dedicated device, a very expensive dedicated device? Right.
1: Well, and it seems to me, too, that it's actually been a few years since we've seen this many uh, note-takers uh, in the marketplace. Um, generally, humanware was kind of the only only real game in town for a
0: while, was it not? Well, no, it was, it was really split, I think, between humanware and HIMSS. And, uh, you know, I think to a large extent, I think we'll probably get back to that again uh, because they, they, I think, have the two most viable products to attract the education market. Uh, but we'll see. You know, I've been wrong on everything else so far. Why not, why not be wrong about this? So there you go, folks. There's, there's my prognostication. Do the exact opposite. <laughs> that's right buy a chromebook that's right
1: <laughs> uh, okay so out of all of these ryan have you take have you taken a look at a lot of the specs on these i've listened to the
2: blind bargains podcast on the polaris and it sounds very comparative to the braille Note touch it's running android lollipop so a newer version of android than the braille no touches yeah okay. but, but only one version newer yes yeah yeah um, Spec-wise, I believe it was pretty much spec for spec the same. It does include wireless charging, kind of like a lot of smartphones do, so that's kind of cool. You could come in from school or work, drop it on your charging mat if you have one and it'll charge. You don't need to have an AC adapter. Um, other than that, there really wasn't a whole lot different that I recall.
1: So there really, for, for most of these, there really isn't anything super innovative about anything
2: no it's like if you're used to the Hymns note takers you've still got the word processor you know the planner the web browser you've got all your regular note taker type items and then of course android you've got access to the play store you know same with the braille note touch
0: yeah it seems like a very similar approach to the braille note touch Yeah. Um, and i'm not saying that they've they've copied humanware cuz i understood they they've had this under development mm-hmm. for a long time um you know, I'd, I'd heard rumors about them coming out with an Android device probably a year ago. So I I think, you know, the, the two companies were probably operating in parallel and, and HumanWare just beat them to the punch on it.
1: Yep. It seems so weird, though, that, you know, it's really a market that seems to be, like they're trying to drive, it, It's it seems like they're trying to drive demand for these things where there, there just may not be the demand for them.
0: Well, there's certainly not going to be as much demand as there has been historically. Um, you know, years ago, the the cost differential between a note taker versus a computer and a braille display wasn't as as wide, and um, the braille displays and the computers were much more bulky, so it was more of an issue of of portability and, you know, paying a a small premium for that portability. But now, the portability is there, uh, both in terms of the Braille displays and the computers, and you've got to ask yourself, you know, in the consumer market, I I don't think a lot of people are going to be willing to pay that differential. In the education market, it's going to boil down to, okay, what, what are you going to do for me as the teacher To make my job easier to teach this kid.
2: Well, and I think coming back around to education, you know, math being the huge advantage to using a dedicated device like a note taker. You know, you're not gonna get the same math support on an iPad or a Chromebook that you would on a Polaris or a Braille Note Touch.
0: Until you do. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all it takes is somebody Mm -hmm. to develop it. Yeah, really.
0: That's right, yeah, and release it as an app and Mm -hmm. then, you know, then that that advantage that educational advantage suddenly shrinks
1: right so god I wish I could write apps
0: yeah indeed (laughs) I wish I knew math yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. or braille (laughs) 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 worth a damn
1: that's right (laughs) so out of out of these four Ryan what's I don't know what do you feel who's the leader here if you had to if you had to pick one
2: I didn't really look at all the specs on the Neo Braille, so I don't really know enough to talk about it intelligently. Um, well, that's, that uh, doesn't stop you before the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've always liked the Hims products. Um, you know, I haven't had my hands on a Polaris. The Braille no touch is fine. You know, it's nice that you've got access to Android. Um, I have an Android smartphone, so the learning curve is quite minimal. So for me, I would lean towards an Android device. But again, I probably wouldn't get one with a braille display because my braille isn't strong, so I would probably prefer one that just had, you know, the the keyboard input.
0: I, I got a good deal for you on a braille keyboard. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, it'll be interesting to see what the year brings, then, um, you know, and see how these how these do.
2: Well, the other thing I find interesting too, and this really isn't kind of a note taker, but it has some note taking features built in, uh, the Orbit Reader. You know, a year ago, there was a lot of talk about this new Orbit coming in for like four or $500. CNIB had exclusivity in Canada. Oh, that's right. I remember that. People were putting deposits down on this. It was going to be, you know, the next big thing. And I've heard nothing in the last four months about it. I don't even know if it's been released yet. I don't know. Maybe Steve, you know, but it just seemed to have disappeared off the radar.
0: Yeah, I haven't heard much about it either. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I know, like you said, there was a lot of excitement about it. You know, of, of a low cost um, device that you could, you know, tether and you could plug into your computer as a braille display. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, that's anything that gets the cost of braille down is is awesome. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, it it has really seemed to have dropped off the radar. I haven't seen one in the hands of no. anybody um, other than the the demos that CNIB was showing. So. Maybe it's something that we should not speculate about and perhaps ask CNIB about. <laughs> <laughs> Find out what's going on. <clears throat> we
2: can do that.
1: There you go. There's a show idea for you, Ryan. Yeah. Reach yeah, out why don't we to get CNIB. Somebody.
0: Yeah, let's get somebody on to talk about the orbit. Sure. See folks, this is this is how
1: the podcast works. <laughs> in behind the scenes, this is how we come up with ideas for shows. That's
2: right. Make a note, write it down, Rob. I, I don't forget. have a pen. Yeah. A you pen know, we we
0: provided me with a pen. There's a pen on the table there. We, we walk there? around the room. We stub our toe. We go, oh, oh, right. oh <laughs> we should get a toe specialist <laughs> on. <laughs> you lie. There's
1: no pen here.
2: Uh, there should be one by the keyboard somewhere. Unless it, it rolled on the floor somewhere.
0: There it is. Oh, okay. It was under the keyboard.
2: Uh.
1: <laughs> so what's what's this deal with the blind tab tablet for the blind?
2: Uh, Again, I didn't really click on the link. It's one I wanted to look at and didn't. (laughs) So I was hoping you guys had did some research. I I, I did look at it. Hey, excellent. And now I don't remember anything about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we do have a computer with Internet sitting right there. (laughs) That's true. I'm looking it up.
1: (laughs) I feel like we didn't, I thought, I think, didn't we look into this? I wanted to get these guys on the show. Blit Lab, yeah. But they never responded back to me. Cause this was this was actually interesting, wasn't this the um, wasn't this the screen that actually acted as a? Oh, right.
0: okay. <laughs> so so is, is a, a um, another Android device. Okay. Uh, but what they've done is they've taken the top of the screen and they've they've put a multi-line Braille display at the top of it, and then on the bottom of the screen you've got um, a, a visual display with um, with uh, all your Androidy stuff um the Braille is different on this it's a different technology it's actually some kind of bubble technology that's right um, and I don't know uh, some of the stuff that I read on it seemed to suggest that maybe it didn't react as quickly as the um, the bimorph based Braille displays that we have now but um, it's multi-line which is really cool and uh, and apparently it's uh, it's going to be, uh, a fair bit cheaper than, than the conventional Braille systems that are out there as well.
1: See, to me, this, this seems to be a little bit more exciting than just another Braille display, or another uh, note-taker, rather, um, because it sounds like these guys are actually innovating.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, multi-line Braille display has been a, uh, a, a, a big topic and a big wish list for people for, uh, for a long time. So, uh, yeah, if, if, if they can actually deliver it in a commercially viable product that, that uh, challenges the existing price structures, uh, they're, they're going to probably attract a lot of attention.
1: Well, speaking of price, is the price point there?
0: Uh, I'm just looking at their website right now, and I, I'm not seeing a price for it. But I, the, uh,
1: Yeah, because I'm not sure this has been released
0: yet. Yeah, there, there was speculation in one of the articles that I read about it. Uh, here's the article I think had it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're saying it's going to cost $500. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
1: See, that's, that's impressive.
0: Yeah, so they're saying uh, at heart it's an Android tablet. It has Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, uh, Android apps, supports all the cool accessibility features in Android, uh, such as VoiceOver. So um, it, it looks like they're leveraging the built-in accessibility of Android, which is which is Okay. Right, uh, but but they're giving you that that multi-line Braille display at the top of it for a price point that, I mean, wow, that, that's that's hard to beat.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and you know even if it isn't as responsive, say, uh, I mean it's still it, as long as it's functional. For five hundred dollars, I mean, you can't go wrong. I mean, that's that's literally you can't
2: the get price a, of a tablet. Yeah, you can't get a twelve-cell barrel display for under a thousand bucks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
0: not not with the uh, not with the biomorph technology we're no. using now. So yeah, that's right. fantastic.
1: Yeah, you should actually uh, reach out to those guys again, Ryan, because it would be really fascinating to talk to these guys. Right now.
2: Okay. <laughs> Shut up, Rob. Secretary. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I'd like to get them on the show. Um, There's a a few people in my list I'd like to get on the show.
1: Uh, Okay,
0: let's see what else. Uh, You want to talk about the Graffiti Graphics Tablet? Graffiti, oh, oh yeah. Yeah,
2: I think that one's kind of interesting as well.
0: Okay, so (laughs) the Graffiti Graphics Tablet by Orbit Research. Um, It is... uh, a unit that has a 40 by 60 grid, a variable height, equidistant pins. And it is designed to display graphical information on the screen. So you could do things like uh, maps, diagrams, um, uh, what else can you do here? Uh, well, I mean, pretty much anything, anything graphically oriented. Uh, uh, topographical maps—they're uh, they're, they're variable height pins, which is which is interesting in itself, um, because of course all of the Braille technologies out there now are just single height. Um, so you can you can have some representation of, of different uh, different depths, um, and uh, it allows you to uh, to draw, zoom, or scroll on uh, on the display pins. Um now I don't know I don't know how this will be received um, and and I think part of it i I've, I've not I've not seen information on uh, price point for this. Um, but the the resolution of the display is forty by sixty. hmm that's not a lot of area to do a drawing on, not really not not in any detail. so. Um, you know, it it'll be interesting to see how this is this is received on the marketplace versus, uh, you know, existing tactile graphics systems such as uh, the PF or the um, American Thermoform products or uh, Reprotronics products that use the um, uh, ammonia capsule paper to right. uh, to create graphics. Now, you can't do variable height with that. Granted, um, but you can do up to eleven by seventeen graphics. Right. So, you know, there's there's definitely uh, there's definitely some advantage to the approach taken by Orbit with the graffiti, um, in that you can have that variable height. But in terms of working space and and being able to do a detailed graphic, I, I think the edge still goes to uh to the existing one
2: so would it be like the size of a tablet or would it be the size of like a, a trackpad on your laptop
0: um it's like a big trackpad okay um I, what what could i compare it to um uh a smaller than a mouse pad mm-hmm. um it's about that big, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> it's about that big. Um, so, so, yeah, it's I, not very big. A, a, about it's the size of a... Um, about the size of a CD case. Okay. Just a little bit longer than it is tall. Right. Okay. Yeah, so,
1: I mean, you'd be, you're talking pretty rudimentary diagrams. I would think so, yeah. I don't know. It sounds a little gimmicky, to be honest.
0: Well, you know, sometimes products like this come out and they go nowhere and sometimes they surprise you true so we'll we'll see the the market the market shall tell the market knows all
1: (laughs) it's true and i mean if they can take this and use it as a base um and maybe the next generation is a little bit more useful because there's more real estate included so what we need is almost like a
2: a nine inch tablet with haptic feedback
1: that's right. So well. you could
2: draw your diagrams, and you know, have the feedback as you move your finger. You could tell the shapes of something.
1: Yeah, get a, get on that, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, we know, we know, we know a guy. We, we know a guy. <laughs> we interviewed him last week. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was actually really interesting. You know, you'd have enjoyed the uh, the, the conversation hap- we had with him because it's it's cool. Like haptics are coming. Yeah. Um, I think the next generation of, of touchscreen technology, it's just going to have this this haptic technology baked right in, and it's going to have pretty widespread applications through the mainstream as well as um, the accessibility market as well. That'll be cool. I'm kind of surprised these guys weren't weren't here at CES. Which guys? Uh, the the Hap to, to you? you. Yeah uh all right let's moving on uh okay well let's talk a little bit about uh, what amazon is up to with their fire tv and their fire sticks
2: well from what i could read i didn't read much on the amazon one but all these sticks the amazon fire stick fire tv the roku streaming stick and media players the apple tvs all now have a screen reader of sorts yeah, so there's some accessibility built in.
1: Yeah, and it's about time they've done this.
2: It is. You know, the Apple TV, I think, was the first. You know, I've got two of them in the house. Um, but I've thought about getting a Fire Stick and watching my Amazon Prime video because I can't do that on the Apple TV.
1: Now, how is the Apple TV in terms of the, the screen reader that's built into it?
2: Uh, it works really well. It reads everything. Um, you know, I can, as I move through the arrows on the remote it'll tell me you know Netflix YouTube whatever the icon is I'm touching Uh, I can hit enter on it I can do searches searches are slow because you're kind of using the touchpad I guess on the Apple TV 4 to scroll letter by letter by letter find the letter you want hit enter so what we've done upstairs is Linda has a Bluetooth keyboard that we've paired to the Apple TV so it makes typing in a search a lot faster so, um,
1: go ahead. Well, no, so, so really it sounds like these guys are just playing catch up to Apple. They are. Once again.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I think from what I've understood so far, um, you know, the Amazon screen reader is a little further ahead than the Roku. I'm not sure what the Roku can do yet, but it doesn't sound like much. Of course, voice search is where everything seems to be going as well. With the Apple TV fourth generation, I can just talk into my remote and say, you know, search for. Jack Reacher and it'll find anything with Jack Reacher well that's slick Mm -hmm. and their TV app for Apple TV is getting to the point now where you'll be able to it'll search across uh, services so it'll see if it's on um, Netflix or YouTube or what other services you have installed so I don't think that's there yet but here in Canada we're always behind the US
1: that's very true
2: yeah, well, when so it comes
0: to some things. What comes for for living in paradise. That's right. right, right. <laughs>
2: so I do want to get an Amazon Fire Stick. You know, they're only like 60 bucks, I think, or 100 bucks. Play with the screen reader on that as well.
1: Right. You know, uh, I mean, according to this article, it's just, it, it's really just literally just uh, the screen reader, that which they're calling voice view. Mm-hmm. Uh, When it's enabled, it reads aloud on-screen text and provides an alternate navigation method to help visually impaired customers navigate the Fire TV interface. To enable VoiceView, you press and hold the back and menu button on your remote for a few seconds, and the feature will start a verbal welcome tutorial for the first time it is activated. So, I mean, uh, it sounds like it's pretty standard. You know, it's literally just a screen reader for... The Fire TVs and Fire Sticks. Yeah.
2: Well, I'll have to get one and do a review.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd be interested in hearing a review of the Fire Stick in general.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the nice thing is, you know, I would have access, because I'm an Amazon Prime subscriber, I'd have uh, access to the Amazon Instant Video, which you don't have an app for that on the Apple TV because Apple doesn't want you to. So I'd have the best of both worlds. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, all right, and then, what else do we got here?
0: We're getting, we're getting close to the bottom of the barrel, I think. I believe we are. Oh, uh, Microsoft. You mentioned uh, Microsoft had 16, 16 sessions in the Yeah. Wow,
2: oh,
0: that's crazy. I'm telling you, they're stepping up their accessibility
1: game. They really are.
0: Well, you know what? This is, this is fantastic because, you know, Amazon's stepping up their game, Microsoft's stepping up their game, Google's stepping up their game, Apple is continuing to, uh, to do their stuff. I mean, it's about bloody time, right? <laughs> it, it is. You know, these guys for years and years have, have neglected accessibility in their products, and, uh, and it's really, really heartwarming to see that they're, they're you know, making serious concerted efforts to, uh, to put support in there. So, bravo.
2: Yep. While the creators update Windows 10 due out in like a month's time, narrators can have support for Braille, you know? That's come a long way, so I'm looking forward to kind of playing with that and seeing how far narrators come.
1: Beautiful. That's right, and we've got uh, in our up- upcoming show, we've got somebody from Microsoft Accessibility to yeah. talk to. So, start writing your questions now. <laughs>
0: That's right. Yeah, if you want to, if you uh, do want questions answered from Microsoft, uh, write them in. We'll uh, we'll happily ask them as long as they're you know polite. Be nice.
1: <laughs> but it is, it is interesting, though, to consider that it wasn't more than a year ago we were sitting here complaining about Microsoft and the um, the mandatory upgrades to Windows 10.
2: Well, some of them weren't even, you know, even mandatory is, isn't even the right word. People would wake up one morning, they'd be running Windows 10. You know, it was a forced update on some computers. Right. And people were screwed they
0: were and 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 granted you know much as much as we're applauding microsoft now for uh further commitment to accessibility that that really was a dick move yeah
2: <laughs> and they've admitted that <laughs> yeah hopefully lessons were learned <laughs> well we'll see in a month when the next update comes out <laughs>
1: yeah, Really, <laughs> yeah. but 16 sessions though which that's that's pretty impressive
2: yeah yeah, and I didn't write down the list of them. You can click on the link to see more. But they also have an accessibility blog if you want to follow along as to what work they're doing.
1: And they have, th- I mean, they have their accessibility superstar Jenny Lee Flurry, right? Yep. Who we've tried to get on the show multiple times, but no go, not yet. No go. We're not big enough. Any any relation there, Ryan? No, different spelling altogether.
2: Oh well. Yeah. No nope. unfortunate. But, you know, Microsoft is doing it. Google had a few sessions there talking about Chromebooks and their screen reader ChromeVox and, you know, some of the other accessibility that they've baked into their products. Um, Amazon is doing their part. So it's really nice to see the mainstream actually taking notice.
1: Yeah, it, it really is about time. And, you know, it's it, who's to say really what... W- what was responsible I think at the end of the day I think it was I think it was users I think they're they you know woke up and realized that there's a was a whole market of people who were being very outspoken about about accessibility and they they're finally taking notice I think
2: we have to give Apple some credit though too Um, because Apple's had voiceover built into their computers for years right and really if people if blind people wanted a computer with assistive technology built in, it they went to the Mac. Right. Um, and now that, you know, voiceover on Macs has matured and you can get Office on Macs and that's all accessible and working, Microsoft, you know, took notice and started really enhancing Narrator and trying to get it to the point that voiceover's at because they they were probably losing market share. Right. Right not a lot of market share because windows is everywhere but for accessibility um you know apple had them beat hands down
1: uh all right well so any any closing thoughts about about this year's CSUN offerings well no <laughs> fair enough
2: Nope. i got I mean, nothing compared compared we sh- to we other years been there. we should have been i've yeah.
1: never been well, next Never year we'll go. We'll, we'll we'll broadcast live from the floor live of from CSUN. CSUN?
0: We could. Yeah, you you work on what tech we'll need for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's called smartphone.
1: Exactly, it is gorilla, gorilla style podcasting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Compared to other years, does this strike you as you know as a big news year, or you know, uh, you know, a bunch of braille note takers in a you know
0: well it's definitely uh you know it's, it's definitely big on the braille note taker front no question um that seems to be one of the uh one of the areas that got a lot of a lot of focus
2: yeah oh, f- oh no pun intended focus ha 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 uh-huh. i find it interesting to you because blind bargains so they have another podcast BlindBargains.com. i'll give them a plug Um, They go to CSUN every year and record a bunch of interviews with vendors. And, you know, they cover a lot of different topics, such as the Microsofts, the Googles, AmbiTech cane tips, all sorts of stuff. But I didn't see anything low vision related.
1: And that's kind of surprising to me because it seems to me the market is becoming a little um, full of wearable tech in terms of low vision, like the eSight and the new eyes is, is another good example of, of that. There, there seems to be more and more of those creeping into the market. Do you have any insight into that?
0: Well, those, those wearable systems have limited applicability to the low vision market because uh, to, to date all of them have relied very uh, prominently on central vision, which uh, m- most people who have lost vision have, have lost at least part of their central vision. So. They, they tend to be good for a very narrow segment of the low vision population. Um, I think you're seeing less excitement on the low vision side, largely because there just haven't been a lot of new product releases in the low vision side or the product releases that have come out have really been variations on the theme as much as anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you look at, uh, for example, one of the leaders enhanced vision systems, um, you know, they've got... Uh, for new product releases, right now they've got That's true. the Jordy um, and the Mojo. Well, they haven't released the Jordy yet. Oh, okay. uh, they've released the Mojo, which is a, a mono- Mojo stands for Monocular Jordy. Uh, basically, what they... the the Geordi dates back to many years ago, where they had a, uh, a, a head worn system. They were they were really the developers of, of the, uh, the 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 head worn market, and Jordy was a, a pretty popular product back in the day. Um, and, and a pretty innovative product for back in the day, too. There was nothing else like it. So everything else that's come out since then has really been uh, following in their footsteps. Uh, but but Enhanced Vision themselves, um, when the uh, display technology that they were using um, stopped being manufactured, um, they let the Geordie die on the vine. And uh, they kept looking at new display technologies and and they were watching you know the display technologies getting better and better Um, and they never committed to one display technology until uh, just recently so the display technology that's in the mojo I believe is the same technology that's going to be in the in the full blown Geordie when they release that and that's uh, scheduled for later this year I believe but Mojo is a is a monocular, um, a video based monocular, um, which can do. oh, I don't remember what magnification. I it, it's fairly substantial. I think it's up about uh, 24 times, if I recall. I'd have to go back and look at the literature again, um, which is far more than you get in a in a, you, you know, a typical uh, optical uh, monocular. You know, you're you're probably looking at six, eight times max right. for, for most uh, uh, optical monoculars and very narrow fields when you start getting up into those magnification levels. So um, it's, a, it's an interesting product. It's the first video-based monocular since, uh, since Betacom came out with the... Uh, oh, gosh, I've forgotten the name of it, but Betacom had a product out that was a, a video-based monocular as well. Uh, so we'll see how the market takes that. But aside from that, uh, EVS also released the uh, Transformer HD, which is a uh, upgrade on the original Transformer. Right. Uh, obviously, using an HD camera, uh, but they did some cool stuff with it. They they built in a Wi-Fi hub, similar to some of the other products that are out on the market. But uh, with their Wi-Fi hub, you can connect both uh, Android and uh, iOS devices to it to use as the display for your your CCTV. Nice. um and that's really cool because tablets are uh, often very effective for people with low vision simply right. by nature of the fact that they can they can move that tablet really easily to a, to a preferred viewing area um, so if they've got uh, you know a good visual field in the bottom right corner of their of their face they can they can move it there and and uh, you know see better than they might be able to if there was a monitor just sitting up in front of them and um, and uh, on the Transformer HD, they've also um, built in an optional uh, OCR capability as well. It's got, a, uh, I believe, a 13-megapixel secondary camera on it if you get it with the OCR option, and it'll do uh, full-page uh, reading for you. So wow. you can just drop a page under, and boom, it'll, it'll read it. Now, it's really fast if you do it through a laptop. Um, it's uh, quite a bit slower if you do it through a tablet because it's got to transfer the, uh, the image to the tablet for processing uh, across uh, the Wi-Fi connection. So that, that slows down the OCR results, but you can still do it even on a, even on a tablet. So that's kind of neat. Um, but aside from that, um, I, I don't know of a lot of new products that were released in terms of, uh, of low vision right. uh, at CSUN or around CSUN uh it's been been pretty quiet on the on the low vision front for the most part.
1: Well, it's going to be interesting to to see the Jordy, the next generation Jordy when they release it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh you know, HumanWare is uh, about to start distributing a uh a, a head-worn uh system as well, oh, really? uh, the name of which uh, completely eludes me. Um but uh um one of our customers actually brought it to my attention, and, and was the one who told me that uh, that HumanWare was going to be carrying it. So there's going to be some some competition uh, squeaking into the industry here. So uh, you know there's going to be no less than four different head-worn systems that'll right. be that'll be out and about uh, fighting for that market space.
1: I'm telling you, wearable tech it's it's the new big thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yep. Orange is the new black. We'll see. Wearable is the new tech. Uh, all right. Well, does anybody else, uh, anybody have anything else?
0: I got nothing except a burning desire to go to the pub.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> I think that's exactly what we're about to do. All right. Where can people reach us, Rob? People can reach us at www.atbanter.com. Or they can email us at
2: atbanterpodcast at gmail.com.
0: And we're also out there on the Facebooks and the Twitters and stuffs. That's right. And hey, I'm going to create us
1: this week an Instagram account.
0: <gasps> we're
1: going to be on the Instagram.
0: Instagram.
1: We take pictures of our food. <laughs> Yay. We should do that at lunch. <laughs> <Wait> a <laughs> a we'll take, Insta- a, we'll take a picture of our lunch so that later oh when we create the account, that's, that'll be the first picture. <laughs> that's going to do it for us. Have a good week. Thanks for listening, and we will see you all next week.
0: Music provided by bensound.com.